What's up, dude? Packing my bong up. You sound good. Good, thanks, man. Sexy. We got a big boner. Oh, yeah, now. Hey, give me just a minute. I got to step off for just a sec. I got to blow my nose. That's what I say when I fucking... My dick looks like a big schnoz. So to my beat off, I say I'm blowing my nose. Oh. Yeah, does it look like the nose of, like, some kind of Muppets character? Who will be the first lucky volunteer? <laughs> so, you've been playing any magic lately, bro? What's magic? Uh... Oh, is that what nerds play? Biatch. Boom. Nerds. Fucking cocks. How come these merfolk chicks don't have any tits? Oh, I don't know, dude. I always wondered that. Like, how do they feed their little merfolk puppies? Fucking cucks. I think a male merfolk just, like, shits out, like, a thousand of them. And then, and then like, swims a little bit and then shits out another thousand of them and then just bails, right? Uh, are they, like, seahorses? Yeah. So we just waiting on that cuck, John Holland? We're doing our pre-show interview with our new Patreon subscriber, um... Could be you, so... Could be you, dog. Could be you. I mean, it ain't gonna be me, but it could be you, dog. So Rivals of Ixalan has been fully spoiled. Oh, this set looks extremely powerful. I don't know what's gonna happen here. The set looks cool. Uh, I'm having a hard time telling what the limited format's gonna be. I was so taken by surprise by how Ixalan turned out. Well, if you look at it, there's still not a lot of removal, but there is ways for people to get, like, synergies online, like, crazy, crazy synergies. It's going to be enchantment dudes, like, cheap enchantment dudes, versus, like, synergy decks, I think. Yeah, maybe. There is some removal, but it's all, like, sorcery speed, and it all seems to be, like, enchantment-based stuff. So, like... Even though you remove the threat, you don't actually remove the card from the board, and it makes it easier for you to get that city's blessing. So there's a card that's called Blazing Hope. One white for an instant. Exile target creature with power greater than or equal to your life total. Like, how good do you think that'll ever be? I mean, you can always cast it at some point in the game, essentially, and then, but it's and it's one mana, just like exile something. But it's like you can't play it for like the first half the game. It's terrible to draw. Like, are there any decks in modern that would use that shit? Uh, no, I don't think so. Even like Death Shadow, because they can get their life total down low. Is like you have to be like under five most of the time, right? I don't think Death Shadow would want to play this. They have pretty focused plan. Yeah, they have good removal anyway in black. Yeah, they have like dismember and fucking lightning bolts and shit. So what's been going on with you? Oh shit, man. Uh, just been working my ass off, playing some Holiday Cube whenever I get a chance. Been doing pretty good at that, man. I actually haven't lost any play points yet. Every time I, I either go 2-1 or 3-0, and so I've been stacking up play points waiting for this uh, pre-release to drop. I noticed that there is some blue dinosaurs in this set. Yeah, there's an elder dinosaur that's blue, right? I think just that, yeah. But it's like, that's kind of 
cool that there's at least a dragon in, or uh, one in every. I say dragon. It's pretty much a dragon without wings. It is. Yeah. Let's let's be real. You just didn't want to do dragons again, so you called them fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, you're gonna have a serpent set later on. That's just gonna be like snake-like dragons. I like that new Rakdos Planeswalker. Have you seen that one yet? The one that was on the packs, the the Minotaur guy that he was on the packs before, or no? Yeah, yeah. Angrath, the Flame Chained, three red black for a four loyalty legendary Planeswalker Angrath. Plus one, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Minus three, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted mana cost three or less. Minus eight, each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. He does, I I like his minus three where you basically do active treason, but if it costs, if the creature costs uh, three or less, then you get to sacrifice it afterwards, which is pretty dope. That is pretty sweet. I always liked the whole, like, steal your creature and sacrifice it thing. I just think cards that do that are fucking sweet, dude. Yeah, I the one thing I hated is you always had to have, like, multiple cards, and it's hard to, like, draft that strategy. But when I see other people playing it, I'm like, fuck, that's so good. Just be like, hit you for your biggest dude, and then just kill him. Go. <laughs> like, what? Right. I remember in, I want to say it was M14. They had sort of like a (coughs) steal your shit and sacrifice it type deck. Like the act of treason card was like a really high pick in that draft format because you could get that deck to come together because there was like blood baron that you could sacrifice creatures to. And then there was like a, another one that, let you sacrifice a creature to deal like one damage or something like that. I forget what it's called, but that deck was fucking awesome, dude. The black red deck in M14. Of course, everybody would just play blue and play opportunity and just like win, but I don't know. That deck was boring. It was just good. Blue has a one and one blue, two one flyer. Kite Silk Courser has flying as long as it's attacking. Well, I guess seems pretty good at common. This profane procession looks like it'd be pretty cool. I kinda want this in my commander deck. But if you look at the if you look at the cards that go into that blue red enchantment deck, they have a lot of like one and two drop creatures that are actually really good in common, so it's like yeah, but you don't have as many packs to get your, um, what is it called, One with the Wind? Yeah. Wasn't that like a big deal in that deck, is being able to have One with the Winds out the ass? You want to have like four of them? Yeah. Yep. God damn it. What do you think about this enchantment form of the dinosaur? It's four and two red, and when it enters the battlefield, your life total becomes 15 and then at the beginning of your upkeep, it deals 15 damage to target creature and opponent controls, and that creature deals damage equal to its power to you. You're just like fucking 15 some shit every turn. That seems good. My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. Here's the reason why 
My name's Tim. You might know me from the Fuck Lawrence podcast. We all know abortions can be hard. But convincing your girlfriend into her third consecutive abortion in two years, that's difficult. And joining us from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Howdy, homies. Sid Swami here. Uh, back alley abortion doctor himself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that. Don't fucking... FBI, stop looking at my windows. As a matter of fact, let's just stop this podcast now and start over again. And a man who traveled back to the future from Ixalan and comes bearing dick jokes, John Hullard. Yeah, Jeff Sessions coming after you, Tim. Gonna have to go back and erase all that shit about uh, growing the herb in your house and everything. Shit about to get serious. No way. Colorado gets too much money. We're not gonna hop on board with that shit. So who is Jeff Sessions and why does this man seem to utterly lack a penis? The uh, attorney general and he rescinded a Obama era memo saying that uh, federal prosecutors are discouraged from pursuing marijuana grow people in states where it's legal. So, I mean, honestly, I think this means nothing. Um, There probably are some bad people out there that are like, you know, doing shady ass marijuana grow operations who probably do deserve to be prosecuted or at least looked at or something. So, but for all the Tims out there you know you only got to worry about being made an example of that's all you got to worry about dude yeah and i already had an experience with that when i was on uh to catch a predator that was sc- <laughs> oh shit <laughs> that was a scary dude. <laughs> he comes in he's got his cap on and he's ready to to meet his dream day yeah i made some tea and it's on the table did you bring me my chocolate yeah, I got Nestle Crunch, uh, some condoms, and some blunts. Uh, Why don't you have a seat right there, please? Jeez, oh boy. This is not what it looks like. <laughs> you drove this far for no reason. Would you believe picking up Girl Scout cookies? Do they still make that show? I fucking loved that show, dude. Like, oh, dude, it's um, all in, like the so, um, guys, when they would get caught, would have the shittiest excuses. And, like, it was just fucking... It was all a misunderstanding. Mine was I, I was bringing the condoms for her mom, and it was Chris Hansen actually like crowdfunded um, like some some more episodes and stuff. And of course, I gave that motherfucker twenty bucks for that, but um, it didn't get turned into a full show. It's like a they turned it into like a segment on Inside Edition or something like that. So it's out there on YouTube. Like you can see him busting some new pedos. But the reason it all went to shit is because Chris Hansen himself got busted, like, having an affair with somebody or something like that. I mean, it wasn't pedo shit, but, but like, his credibility kind of went out the window for the, uh, you know, busting people doing wrong-time sexy things stuff. God, it sh- that should be a Black Mirror episode or something like that. Because Black Mirror oh, is shit. always just punishing the the most fucked up person in the show it's like you're gonna get the worst outcome at the end it's fucking great have you seen the latest season season four yeah i'm about halfway through that's why i mentioned it it's good dude i i don't know it's weird like the first couple seasons you can tell 
each like it was stylistically like Black Mirror and you can kind of tell it's like episodic where this one seems like it's each one's like an individual movie. Like it's its, its own standalone thing. It's its weird how it's kind of turned into that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give any, you know, I'm not trying to spoil a tree or anybody out there, but the problem I have is that um, like everybody always gets their comeuppance in this season. There's like no real fucked up twist endings or anything. I mean, it's all kind of, in line, you know, it's uh, the earlier season, so so it's predictable. You know that that fucking person's fucked, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, there's twists and stuff, but it's the bad guy gets punished. It's never like you know, switcheroony, and uh, the bad guy gets away with it or whatever. Oh, there was that one one where it's like they're dating and they don't remember how they like got back, they got into there, and they're like going through all these different like people they dated and whatever and then they like it turned out that they were in a program and it was like a dating app program and it's like when they click on somebody it like goes through a million different scenarios but they were living in one of those scenarios like everybody loves that one i thought it was kind of stupid but you know what my favorite black mirror was which one the one where they got blasted by a dragon and wound up on a desert island and they're like, where the fuck am I? And there's all these pirates and dinosaurs and stuff. And then, boom, Azor the Sphinx shows up. Boom! Nice segue into our new set release of Battle for Ixalan or Return to Ixalan or uh, Ixalan 2, The Returned, whatever it's called. I was about the same. Wizards of the Coast about to sue somebody's ass. But okay, I see what I see what you did there. <laughs> Rivals of X, <laughs> Last Jedi. I haven't seen that one. I was like, what? I don't, I don't know what's going on. That was good, Judd. That was really good. So yeah, Rivals of X is fully spoiled. I haven't really looked at it that much yet because honestly, I don't give a shit about Rivals of X because Powered Cube is out right now. But I guess like once Powered Cube is gone, I'm gonna need something to draft. So let's fucking look at this shit. What do you guys think of these elder uh, wingless dragons? Or, I mean, dinosaurs? Uh, I'm just going to go on the record as saying this is probably the best set or block or whatever the fuck they're calling it that's been released probably since Shadows Over Innistrad, which I know is kind of damning with faint praise, but um, was actually pleasantly surprised uh, compared to the first block of Ixalan and uh, definitely some cards in there that I can see having homes other than shitty standards, so uh, maybe it's turning around. Yeah, they really pushed Merfolk. They really want modern Merfolk to splash green. Well, fuck, I mean, there's going to be, like, modern pirates, too, because that's essentially the same tribe. And then there's some gigantic-ass shard creatures this time around, which I think is interesting. Well, you know, the pirates don't have, like, the lords, I think, that... I think Merfolk, it got another lord at 101 green for... Uh, another lord which it probably won't even all the other lords give you benefits to add a second color just for him doesn't seem worth it yeah i mean pirates kind of seems like a uh, budget level merfolk you know you don't have like the island walk to go with it and you don't have some of that stuff like you were saying but i think there's a viable pirates deck out there what about standard merfolk i think standard merfolk is ready to go man you just like could probably play it even without uh, the cards in this set. So I think with what you get in this set, it's definitely on. Now, is it going to be better than any energy deck? Probably not. 
But we all need something to play after Kaladesh rotates out. And Merfolk could be a good deck. I don't know, it could. Because you could essentially play that unblockable Merfolk that you have to return a card to your hand. I know it kind of sucks. Yep. But you also have the Hexproof dude. There's this one mana uh, creature, Merfolk Shaman. He's a 1-1. And when he enters the battlefield, you put a 1-1 counter on target Merfolk. So he's a 2-2, two, he's a 1-mana two, two, a one mana 2-2. Two, two essentially but i mean you're going to be shifting that counter on a flying merfolk on a hexproof merfolk on on the unblockable one he's just a good target to like bounce back to your hand then for one mana put him right back out and put a counter on the whatever you put out you know what i mean he's so good yeah speaking of how about this favor of the city shit yeah the ascend is this for real is this like is standard going to get to where games are going to play out long enough to where these cards are actually good? Because there's some very powerful cards, like if you can get the city's blessing. Like you've got this new slippery scoundrel. He's like the new invisible stalker, except he's a 2-2 for two and a blue, which I mean was way, way more powerful but you have to have the city's blessing in order to actually have him be hexproof and unblockable. Otherwise, he's just, you know, a gray ogre, a 2-2 for three, which obviously isn't good and standard. I think city's blessing with a couple, like, treasures out there, it's going to be pretty easy if you play that type of deck in standard. I think a 2-2 unblockable hexproof at that point I think I think everything's turning out to be so fast where I don't know if that's going to be good enough at that point. Yeah, I, my vote for best ascend is the time stream navigator two drop one one. But if you've got the uh, city's blessing for four, you can get an extra turn, which is just freaking phenomenal compared to the amount of mana it takes for other extra turn cards out there. So interesting, they put it on a creature. I think this has got a home in some decks. I got this guy right here that I is my pick for Ascend. So 10 permanents. If you have 10 permanents, he's a 1-1 he's a one one red for a 1-1. One one. Dude, whenever he attacks, you pay X in red. If you do get X 1-1 one one red elemental creature tokens, and then X out at the end of turn, but if you have Ascend, that you just keep him. But he gets that ability even without Ascend. He's swinging in, and you just pump all your mana into him, and you, he goes wide. I mean, for two mana, this guy seems pretty good. But he's got to attack in order to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to protect him. But I guess he's good to, like, close the game out. You draw him late game and you just swing with nine guys or whatever, you know? You know who he really wants to be buddies with is Lightning Mauler. I think Red Deck. You're, like, killing shit. I don't know. He's cheap enough where he's not terrible. Soulbind him to uh, give him haste, man? Holy shit. Uh, Red Deck will probably never get ten permanents. And a Sin car that's definitely going to see some play, at least in Commander, is the mythic black one, Twilight Prophet. It's yeah. a 2-4 flyer for 2-2 two and two black, but if you have the city's blessing at the beginning of your upkeep, you reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. Now, you think I'm going to say something like you lose life equal to the mana cost or something like that, because we've seen that before, but nah, here's some shit you've never seen before. Each opponent 
which makes me think Commander automatically uh, loses X life and you gain X life where X is the converted mana cost of the card. So this is a stupidly powerful uh, card right here if you have the city's plus. What are foils of that going for right now? I can look. It might be good to pick up some of those. My coolest card in the set, I, I think, is Deep Root Elite. He's one and one green for a one-one Merfolk. Again, kind of sucks. But when any any Merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, put a one-one counter on target Merfolk you control. So basically, you can ether vial this guy in, or anything you ether vial in when it enters, you get extra counters on things. It's like this guy seems really good. Tim, you're starting to sound like really fucked up to me. I don't know if it's just me or if. I just started slamming whiskey, Sid. What are you talking about? Uh, you sound a little bit better now, kind of. <laughs> I'm all fucked up. Can you hear me, John? Yeah, I can hear you. But let's let's talk about the big boy in this set. It's a Karma Primal Calamity. Nine drop, three activated abilities. Nine nine vigilance, reach, trample. When it enters, you untap all the lands you control. How the fuck is this not an EDH All Star? It's nine mana. It's still too expensive, I think. Okay. And and to that I say, it's also uh, red, green, white. If you're in green, you've obviously got Primeval Titan in there, which is six, right? And then you're probably running something like either a uh, ten drop Eldrazi or Crater Hoof Behemoth. This comes in at nine, though. So you're going to get it out faster then you're going to get out some of those big drops and it does more work potentially than those are going to do. It's not a finisher by any means, but holy hell. I can see it as like a utility. It sits out there maybe as like a 97, 98, 99th card or something. But I think at nine mana, there's so many cards that just end the game or, or help your plan so much better than, than just a big, big bruiser that, that you can shoot something for three, three or destroy target artifact or enchantment or gain three life. Okay, so so you drop this guy in there at nine. You untap all nine, you know, if you hard cast him for nine. You untap all nine lands, and then that means you can destroy three artifacts or enchantments as soon as he's on. How is that not good? Actually, John's starting to make a little sense. Am I fucked up? Is, what's in this weed? Could God, be. I'm putting this out. This is not good for me. Raging Regisaur to a green and a red for a 4-4 four, four. whenever he attacks it deals one damage to target creature or player so that's probably not good enough to go in with Registrar Alpha in the standard deck he's 4-4 four, four for 4 but that's a draft all-star back to your Primal Calamity guy you're making more sense but I feel like you're going to only want a certain number of those high mana cards and wouldn't you rather just have like a 10 mana Ugin or like something that just like fucks shit up I guess when if you hard cast them you know the destroy enchantment or artifact thing is probably the best thing you're gonna want to use on that card in EDH I mean doing three damage or killing off three things doesn't seem great gaining life might save you a turn or two but well the thing about it is all three of these abilities he doesn't tap for him so you know he comes in he untaps all the mana to cast him I mean look at all the look at all the six drops you could get rid of and still have three up you know like, I, I just don't see a whole lot of downside to having him in there. I mean, if he was, like, 
10, 11, 12, I would say yeah. But uh, I think for 90s, I actually pretty discounted. See, I'm not a big EDH player, so I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, you're making a lot of sense. And to have this thing out there in EDH, it just seems like he does so much. Th- so much. And then he's got Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. So he just stops everything and swings in for 9-9. He's just like, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah, and even even after he swings, you can activate these abilities, too. So, I mean, you know, even in the middle of... Playing O-Stone, you're like, all right. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of good stuff in here that people aren't seeing. Yet, so, snap up all the foils you can for ninety nine cents. So, with O Stone, it comes in tapped, right? No, O Stone doesn't come in tapped. Well, then, can you blow it up, or when they activate it, when they tap it to activate it, or is it? Can you ever destroy it if they have enough mana to just activate it right away? No, if they can activate it right away, then you can try to. Um... You can try to destroy it, and in response, they can sacrifice it. And if they've sacrificed it to activate it, then... It's already on the stack, yeah. It's already too late, yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't help with that card, but, I mean, a lot of those other, like, board wipe things, it comes in tapped, or you do have a response when they try to... I don't know. It seems good. I'm not convinced about Zakama Primal Calamity. That's, yeah... That's not a great card, I don't think. I don't know, I'm still on the fence, but John has had some valid valid points. Yes! I don't play EDH, you can tell. So, I'm not like a great decider, John, sorry. Alright, John, you ready to get super soapboxy? Here's oh, something that could be seeing some play, because it's very similar to a very powerful card in other formats. That's Blood Sun. It's an enchantment for two and a red. By the way, okay, so what do you just think of the name Blood Sun? Because obviously it invokes, you know, like blood. Yeah. I I thought I was like, oh my god, it's like going to be something similar to that, and it's it's all right. It just stops kind of uh, graveyard shenanigans with lands, right? Everybody do. So what it says is, when Blood Sun enters the battlefield, draw a card. And then all lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. So it makes it to where fetch lands won't fetch anymore and you can't do stuff like, you know, activate Muta Vaults or uh, Caracas to bounce stuff back. It's an interesting card. It's obviously not as um, game-breaking as Blood Moon is, but I still think it can see some play, but I think John has got some opinions about this card I'd like to hear. Well, number one, the biggest problem with this card is that it's red. Because where where would you put this in a red deck, really? You know, aside from, you know, just kind of the current standard or whatever, you know, I, I, I you know, that's kind of not what red does, you know? It's a very white kind of ability. Um, so I'm, I mean, I guess like if you're trying to do some kind of like modern Boros thing or something, this might help prevent, um, you know, like the uh, the uh, milling you out on lands with Ghost Quarter or something. But I, you know, I'm just not quite sure uh, what red deck really wants to run this. You know, especially since the only red deck that really cares about lands is uh, Valica, and this kind of undercuts that. I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't even read this card before. Uh, I think I think this could go in Blue Moon. I mean, the thing is, you're, what, all you're trying to do is like 
disrupt their mana. This gives you more chances to do that, to, to slow them down a couple turns until you can get your shit online. Stopping them fetching is a huge deal in Modern. And then you draw a card off it. This card is going to be good, I think. I really like it. Do you think that this means that they may ban Blood Moon in Modern? Because I feel like this could be pretty much a suitable replacement if they were to do that because it doesn't completely break the game like uh, Blood Moon does, but it does kind of serve the same purpose of being like a hoser card for strategies like Valakut or you have even in Legacy the um, Dark Depths uh, Thespian Stage combo. I think this card is, is really good. I think it's better than that it looks on the surface and I'm gonna probably pick up some of these if they're not too expensive I think if if you have this in conjunction with Blood Moon I mean they both kind of do something that's similar but you're gonna like stop their activated abilities on their lands and then until you can be like now they're all mountains and then so it's like that you can't they can't fetch so basically it just shuts down their fetch lands because they can't tap them for mana so they're sitting there with like 12 of these in their hand or in their deck that just don't do anything? Well, okay, number one, they're never going to uh, ban or restrict Blood Moon because if they do that, then they've also got a ban or restrict Rising Tides and that's just flat out not going to happen because they both essentially do the same thing on different levels. Blood Moon, with Blood Moon, you can still tap your fetch lands for mana. You can't do anything. Well, <laughs> With this, you're still able to tap them for... With Blood Sun, you're still able to tap them for mana. I mean, that's, you know, no, you're not really the issue. Not, no. John, if they don't have a mana ability already, they don't actually gain a mana ability. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, for a fetch land or, you know, something like that, I get that. No, yeah, their fetch lands don't do anything, so they can't even fetch... Well, but, it, it, but that's... I mean, that's not really, like, why do you have fetch lands in a deck? You have fetch lands in a deck to accelerate, right? I mean, you're essentially just tripping for lands. But do you know how badly that fucks people? Like, Blood Moon, they can still play things and do things. This, if if they're running a deck full of fetch lands, it just fucks them. They have the mana that they have on the board. People who are running a deck full of fetch lands are people that are fucking around in uh, blue. And, uh... Yeah, there's there's ways that they'd get rid of this enchantment because I mean it's just a three drop enchantment. I mean there's nothing magical about it that protects itself. Death Shadow plays a ton of fetch lands. Um, you know like Abzan, like all these three color decks. Like this is just gonna. But those three color decks have also had plenty of ways to get rid of an enchantment. You know you just gotta play around and maybe sideboard. You know I think that this what this really hurts is the strategy of using a uh, uh, Ghost Quarter to uh, mill somebody's uh, basic lands out of their deck, you know, and then using uh, you know, whatever it is to fetch Ghost Quarter back out into the battlefield and keep doing it infinitely. I mean, this definitely hurts that if that's a strategy, but that's really a shitty strategy if you're running that. I, I mean, I just don't really see it as game-changing. Well, I mean, think about some of the, the decks right now that are doing well in Modern, I guess. A lot of them run fetch into Shockland. People will still be able to get around this somewhat, but then if you run this and like you bring you have like blue moons in your sideboard too and it's like you see they're playing more than two colors you just you you just have so many tools to just fuck their day up 
You just play mono red, kill things, and then shut their lands down. Well, okay, let's say, when when do you fetch into a shock land? You do that right off the bat. I mean, by turn three, you should probably be done fetching into shock lands or whatever you're going to do, and you're relying on your draws because uh, you've got what you need in your hand. So uh, I know it's only three, but maybe it comes in a little bit late to really fuck over people who are relying on fetch lands. Well, some some people, like, it's like you just, you're rushing to get this down before they can get to their third color or whatever to shut them down. And it's like, that's what Blood Moon did. And this kind of just, it does it better because if they're doing three colors, they're going to have a lot of those fetch lands that just don't do shit. So it's like, you just get this down on turn three, like in game two. And then you're like, if you have the enchantment removal, fine. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep hitting you with these fucking goblin guides and fucking your day up. If I was going to make this card as good as you think it is, I would make it a four drop and I would make it a ley line so you can play it uh, during your uh, uh, before game step, uh, whatever they call that, that the ley lines have. Then that would really fuck Yeah, you can lands. start with it and play if it's in your opening hand. Oh, yeah, shit. That, that would that be would fucked up, dude. Really good, and that would make it on par, but other than that, I just don't see it. That's why we're glad you don't design the cards, <laughs> John. Oh, hey, can we can we talk about that for a second? The card design challenge that's uh, back up again. Yeah, or the, the great card designer challenge. Magic and hash bet, John. I'll make a a meme with an embarrassing meme of me. If this doesn't see a lot of play on coverage in the next modern pro tour, which is coming up, um, and if if it does see some. Uh, plan coverage and or that does doesn't at all to make a splash at all then i'll make a silly meme of of you or whatever i don't know we need to issue like a nipple pinching gif or something like that if <laughs> if, if it doesn't see any play we get a nipple pin gif that i can use like as a thing on twitter i'll put music and shit to amp up the the great bet or whatever, but John, just say, you want to take that bet, John? How, how about whoever, whoever loses, they get hooked up to one of those uh, machines that the cam whores use, and then we'll let our uh, Facebook group control it. Oh, shit. That sounds awesome. Is it going to be? <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> All right. So you in, John? Magic and Hash Big Bet 2018. Blood Sun will be debuted in Modern Pro Tour, Rival of Vixelon. Loser will get a silly meme made of them, either get their nibble pinched, or do some crazy webcam thing John suggested. Check it out, stay tuned, Magic and Hash 2018 Big Bet. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. We'll 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 figure it in. But in principle, I'm in on on some kind of. Oh, somebody's bad. getting something up the butt. Right on. All right. Anytime that we make a magic and hash bet, there's always something that ends up in somebody's butt. I love it. Not if there's anything wrong. Sid, did you see the new Star Wars? No, John. Uh, yeah, I did. I, uh, I. I don't know. Luke is upset with his portrayal. Of uh, Luke Skywalker in the movie. Amy. His name's Luke. He's lived that life for so long. Yeah. He's just like, I want to be a hero and live forever. Ah. And he's like afraid. He said that, you know, L Luke wouldn't have, have like been afraid of seeing the evil shit. He would have stayed and fought. 
and he wouldn't have you know gone to like some desert island and and just hid hid away like a hermit. That's that's kind of bullshit because that's kind of what Jedi's do, you know. They just fucking run like pussies when the chips are down. I mean, Jedi really that's what had Yoda did, dude. In there wrong. That's what Yoda did. That's what Obi Wan did. I mean, you know, this there's, there's kind of a trend line there. It's kind of like their thing to not give a shit. That's like that's like the Jedi ways. Like you're not supposed to give a flying fuck about hardly anything, right? Yeah. I mean, I I was kind of lukewarm on the movie itself. I mean, I think it's a fun movie to watch, but it's not a good Star Wars movie. And kind of, like, reflecting on this for a while now, like, even The Phantom Menace, which is probably the shittiest Star Wars movie of all time, has moments where you can look at it and you can say, that's a Star Wars. You know, like the pod racing. Dude, that pod race? Yeah. Yeah. Pod race. If that was just the whole movie, it probably yeah. would have been better. But like, but like with this one, there's like no real moment I can go back to to defend this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no real epic space battles. There's no epic lightsaber fight. What about when that chick at the end sacrifices herself and drives in hyperspaces through the fucking destroyer? Oh, you know what? You know what that is? That is 100 that that was supposed to be Leah. Oh, we, can, we can't kill off. You know, let's let's invent Admiral Purple Hair here, and she's going to do all that shit. So Holy that shit. just reeks of some corporate bullshit. How great would that scene have been if it was Leia? If that was like Leia's fucking death scene? Yeah, no shit. Okay, here's how John would save the Last Jedi. So you give all of Admiral Purple Hair's shit to Leia, right? And then she dies, you know, to help them escape, and they land there, and they send out the message, and they get one response, and they don't know who it is, but then you cut to the scene of, like, a Carillion Corvette, like, going through the First Order blockade, and then, like, it lands on the planet, and the ramp drops, and guess who stands out but Lando <laughs> motherfucking Alrissian. And then he gets all of Leia's action stuff from them on, and then, you know, it gets blown, his Corvette gets blown up, battle and then like they take off on the falcon and everything and you know lando's looking around and he sees all the shit that looks exactly like it was in esb and then lando says the line we've got everything we need here to strike back hosts a cult 45 starts chugging wink to the camera are you talking about mace windu no lando no. Calrissian. Lando Carissian, that was way, 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 way back in the day. Wasn't that in the very... F- oh, wait, that's kind of current? Or, wait. Oh, my God, Tim, you're too high. So, so the 7, 8. Yeah, so I guess it's pretty current. So Lando's in. But Mace Windu flew out the window, and then Samuel L. Jackson said, oh, there's a chance he's still alive, because, you know, like, Jedi's, they have the force push and stuff like this. He's all trying to defend it, and it's like, no, I think your character died. After all these years, some still believe Windu survived the loss of his arm, lightning to the face, and a fall from thousands of feet in the air, including Jackson himself. Answering a fan question online via EW while promoting the legend of Tarzan, Jackson said, In my mind, I'm not dead. Jedi can fall incredibly high distances and not die. Now the question, did Jackson share his views with Lucas? Yep, and only George Lucas. But as Jackson pointed out, Lucas doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. Regardless, Jackson also shares Lucas's thoughts on Mace Windu being alive. George is like, I'm okay with that. You can be alive. 
no, nobody fucking likes the prequels. Nobody likes. Nobody wants anything from the prequels. But people want Lando. The people want Lando. They want their Colt forty-five. I think you're right about they wrote that originally. The the because they each director takes a different movie and they have to keep doing it. And then he's like, he wrote this crazy like death scene for Leia, and they're like, no, we can't kill off Leia. And so he's so they're like, we'll let you have a death scene with Leia earlier in the movie, and she'll survive it. And like that's when they like shot the fucking shit out, and she's like floating in space, and then she like like Superman's back into the ship with like a force. Mary Poppins. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. A force, like, force field around herself, and she's, and I'm just like, what the fuck? When did Jedi, like, survive in space and shit? And, like, what the fuck? The only good thing about that scene is it makes, like, the whole Darth Vader saying no thing the second worst moment in Star Wars. But that felt like they gave him that, like, where they're like, no, you can't have this one. Now that you mention it, it's like, they're like, you can kill her off, but she has to survive somehow. That's so fucked up now that you mention it. Because that scene seemed so forced. And I was like, why would they even do that? Because she looks stupid as fuck. It raises so many questions about Jedis can just, like, fly around in space now without a spacesuit and shit. And it's like... Well, also, like, a moment of silence for Admiral Makbar, who apparently does not have any force powers and just got blown out a fucking window unceremoniously. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sucks, dude. Like how are they gonna like how are they gonna know that it's a trap now without Admiral Akbar around? It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> hey, what's up with all and, these and you know, comments that they reprinted in Rivals of Ixalan that were just in Ixalan? Like Colossal Dreadmaw is back. Sailor of Mean, Legion Conquistador, and Raptor Companion all you know, got reprints in this set. Like, real chat, because when they were designing this set, it's probably exactly the moment that they seriously fucked up with Kaladesh, you know, and saw the backlash coming, so they were like, fuck, you know, stop, halt, you know, we gotta just, you know, move on and try to get over it, so we'll just slide all these other cards into this one. Well, what I think is they needed more functional cards at that mana cost to do kind of the synergy thing for draft. And instead of just making another 3-1 named something else, something whatever, they're just going to do this so that you get basically, you know, three full packs of this guy being in your in your draft deal. I guess it makes sense for Legion Conquistador because it's kind of got the Squadron Hawk thing going on. Yeah, and same with, like, Raptor Companion, because he's a, a two-mana, three-one, and in that, like, red-white aggro deck, or even, or you know, aggro th- thing, or, like, the white-green dinosaur one where you have all, like, the early, the dudes that just make your dinosaurs cheaper, this guy's just, like, one-mana, three-ones, and you just want a bunch of these guys, you know? I never was the biggest fan of Raptor Companion. He just straight-up dies to Skullduggery. I fucking love Skullduggery. I love Black in Exelon, man. So good. Yeah, it is nice to see Black getting some love, especially because Black has just been fucking bent over in the last couple of sets so badly. John, is that a prison joke? When we desperately needed Black answers, and now we've got some. 
Like in Ixal Unlimited, I don't draft anymore because drafting fucking Ixal Unlimited sucks. But I do play sealed still. And like I'm most hoping to open like hostage taker and play black. You've always been a size queen, Sid. And if I can't play like blue black with hostage taker, I like to play white black vampires. Mm-hmm. And vampire zeal is just so good. Just one mana plus two plus two. Man, I'm just like really... I have been playing a lot of Vintage Cube and not really haven't been that hyped about Rivals of Ixalan, but now we've done this, I'm like getting seriously hyped. I've got like a boner to fucking play some sealed to this right away. Me too. And the problem I have is that like the Merfolk, they use like the same color palette for every card and they make them all look really, really dissimilar. So it's like from across the table, you're it's gonna be like at your shop. It's gonna be, you have to like look at the merfolk and shit. And I don't like that because like they should have made them have like three or four different types of like merfolk armor or whatever and colors so that it makes it more distinguishable. Or I don't know. They they the synergy tribe. It looks cool, but it's like it's really gonna kind of. All the cards look exactly the same, and I don't like that artistic style where it's like, okay, you can tell that's the Merfolk Tribe um, card, but it's like I, I want each card to be kind of unique almost, but still meet the theme, I guess. Uh, I just feel like it was poor art choice. They needed watermarks. They, they could have done better art if they had done watermarks for every tribe, like uh, in the text box. Yeah, so that you can you can identify... And then, like, you can have, like, a merfolk with, like, a, a fucking wicked tail or, like, some gills and shit or something. Like, Shamble Shark. You remember that card from Gatecrash? Shamble Shark. Green blue for a 2 1 creature. Fish crab. Hashtag EDH. Flash. Evolve. That had some of the most badass art. That was, like, one of my favorite creatures with Shamble Shark. He'd be a dope. What's your favorite art from this set, guys? Oh, uh, hold on. I don't know the name of the card, but I know which card it is. Give me just a second. I'm going to buy some of these Blood Suns. This looks fucking awesome. Golden Demise. This art with Vraska. She's like doing some kind of spell and she's getting ganged up on by a bunch of these um, vampires and she turns them all into like golden statues. And they're just like golden conquistador statues all around her. And she's like in a huge shaft of golden light. And her tendrils on her hair is all like fucking cool as shit looking. This is fucking awesome. I want a tattoo of this. I like uh, Shake the Foundations. It's basically like three, like, looks like trans or like T-Rexes just like charging. And then they're all like fucking heads are opening up, like biting at the fucking shit. looks really cool. And the card's really cool, too. It's an instant. It does one damage to each creature without flying, and then you draw a card off it. So it wipes out vampire strategies and shit like that. And it's like, um, what's the one that does it to non-pirates? But it does, like, two damage to non-pirates? A uh, fiery cannonade. It's kind of like that, but this will also help your enrage. This is uh, another picture of that same guy that John was talking about earlier, the Nine Drop dude. That's him. Zakama, the Primal Calamity. 
This just like a, this is just like a different shot of him fucking some shit up. Yeah, because you know? three heads. Yeah, he's a three headed T Rex. Yeah, that's fucking cool. I'm gonna go with Radiant Destiny because they so clearly stole it from uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple. Radiant Destiny. Are you a, a blue barracuda, John? Or are you an orange orangutan? A red assed monkey or whatever it is. I mean, like, I come on, this is such green a fucking lazy ass art. Jesus. I loved shows like Legend of the Hidden Temple and, and uh, Double Dare and shit like that, where everyone's getting dirty and running through these obstacle courses with these foam walls things, just smacking them and crushing them and shit. I always wanted to be on gut and just go up the aggro crag so I could get my piece of the crag. I'd always be at home. Like yelling at the kids, I'd be like, "Go the wrong fucking way! You're never gonna make yeah, it no up." Yeah, doubt. I mean, like, it, I hated drugs. those fucking shows because the kids were all such fucking utter morons. And uh, there was actually this great uh, uh, oral history of Double Dare, where they talked about how most of the kids they got it was all shot in Philadelphia at uh, uh, WHYY Studios, and most of the kids that they got for this were, were from like low-income schools and stuff. So they really were stupid. Let's go to the leaderboard, Mo. All right, guys, all right. The first thing in the first challenge is, like, you go to jump with your basketball, jump down, the bungee cord will pull you up, you shoot it into the basketball hoop, and you get one point. And uh, let's see one of our guests. This is Jesse. Jesse likes to play with poodles. He likes to walk in the park with poodles. Back to you, Mike. I like to find them in, I like to find them in the park, and I like to... Do, 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 do you have it? Good. All right, guys, back. I'm Mike O'Malley here. I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> Don't you think that this is what Morrow should have done in a different life? He should have been, like, a fucking kids game show host. Yeah, but you're right, John. Like, a lot of those kids were, like, just untalented, nerdy assholes. And you're like, I could shoot a basketball into that fucking hoop. What the fuck? And then you see, like, there's, like, one kid who, like, does sports and he's, like, thin. And he just, like, oh, he got, like... 48 points. All right, let's go on to the next event. He's like, well, he did that in a minute, too. All right. He obviously goes to the aggro crack and just, like, runs right up the fucking shit. You're like, all right, you know, let's get some nerdier fucking kids. You ever wonder how many of those kids got molested on those shows? Not enough. I mean, too many. What the fuck? I got super fucked up really quick. <laughs> what happened? If it was one, it was too many. I God. Well, you know, we hear about the big like. Look, if Amanda Bynes was getting the shit molested out of her, you know, and like uh, Jamie Lynn Spears was getting molested, then you know that these fucking nobody kids that they just marched through, there was like some guy that was in charge of doling out the molestation assignments. It like brings up so many questions about like TV shows and shit in your childhood because you're like, all right, all the like famous Nickelodeon stars and shit like that or whatever that like got really famous. Like, either went crazy on drugs or fucking whatever to deal with the fucking probably the producers being like, all right, you got to suck all this room room full of all these rich people's dicks or whatever. And then like or became whores like Miley Cyrus is like now she's like, shove it in here, question mark, and blah, blah, blah. Here's my name. Like, um, she just became a whore for money. Um they're, they're like, OK, here's your BMX bike. But there's one more challenge you have to do to get it. But it's like anybody who just gets fame from nowhere and starts in being in all these movies, you start to question, you're like, why did they get that opportunity, you know, and who's 
Oh, especially with like all this Harvey Weinstein shit and everything where it's like, you know, right now we're hearing about all the people who, you know, didn't or got blacklisted or got turned down from roles because they didn't play along. Just wait until we start hearing about all the women that did and dudes, too. Let's not, uh, you know, Brian Singer's out there. Showbiz has got really dark. So could it be possible that Clarissa explains it all and then Sabrina, the teenage witch, she could just give insanely good head? And just had, you know, just wasn't really, didn't make a big deal about it. So she, well, well, that's how she got Sabrina, the teenage witch. That's true. Well, Melissa Joan Hart went through this period where she was a straight up alcoholic and then she like found Jesus and had kids and stuff. So, I mean, I've got no doubt that there was something bad going down there. Yeah. She got another terrible show. You know, they gave her Sabrina, the teenage witch because she had a, a terrible show in the first place. I heard Ferguson. Um, sucks dick for five dollars now, so you never know. Confirmed, Ferguson, but it's uh, five dollars plus tax, so it comes to about five fifty-five. You guys want to get in some wacky news? No, sure. Let's hit. Let's hear it. All right, Magic and Hash wacky news. All right, the world's ugliest pig was spotted in Indonesia. Um, they obviously haven't seen the bars around here, so. I'm going to contact them, make sure they come check that out. But it's a Yavin, warty pig. Males are are uh, distinguished by large warts all over their faces. But it's apparently one of the nastiest looking deals. And they're, they're becoming extinct. So they're trying to save this. But I guess, you know, I mean, if something's that ugly, what's going to fuck it? How does it taste, though? It may look ugly and taste fucking awesome. I heard if you slide, if you uh, slice the pimples and, and, and warts and shit off its face really thin it, and cook it, it tastes like bacon, like a really smoky bacon. Hell yeah, I love me some pig meat. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. I mean, you know, maybe the other ugly pigs think it's beautiful. Well, they're distinguished by large warts all over their faces, so it sounds like a lot of my F&M experiences my opponents. Oh, that was a lot of setup just for that one. Oh boy. All right. So a man, um, was injured in, uh, San Marta, Colombia. He was removing his cousin's body from a coffin cause he wanted to bring it out for, to, for new year's with it to bring in the new year's with it. So, um, and basically relatives were horrified and contacted police when he showed up the next morning. And that was his explanation for why he wasn't at the New Year's Eve family get together the night before. I mean, let's be real. We all did something similar to this on New Year's Eve. And because he was in Colombia, there was likely cocaine involved. And you know how these things happen. I just don't, I don't see how, what the big deal is. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to like, was he lying about digging it up and that to like have an excuse for why he didn't show up for new year's or did he like actually dig it up, but he didn't make it to new year's or, or like this, this has more questions than answers. He had a cut on his leg and he injured himself. And then, so basically when, after somebody called the cops, the police showed up and, and basically they went to the local cemetery and it was dug up. So he got charged, you know? Yeah, obviously, because when a guy shows up with a cut on your leg, you're like, well, let's see if he's been grave robbing. His family member or somebody from the thing called, one of the relatives called the police, I guess. Man, how fucked up is that? Like, you show up late to New Year's and your relatives are like, you've been digging around in the cemetery, haven't you? I fucking told you, this is the last time we're calling the cops. 
he's like, look who showed up. Look who showed up. Aunt Rosita. Quit crying. Come on. <laughs> Did Come so on. Did my son. That's my son. It's your son. Yeah, what? He wanted to come out drinking with me. He would be cool with it. Fuck Arizona. Oh my god. I blame Weekend at Bernie's. We stopped by the red light district on the way here. Let me tell you, he's still stiff in some places. (laughs) He's the life of the party. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. So in Thailand, two American tourists. Two American tourists were fined uh, for taking butt selfies uh, at a Buddhist, a famous Buddhist temple. Uh, each were fined 5,000 baht, which is 154 American dollars. But doesn't that sound like something we'd get in trouble for, Sid? I mean, you know, I don't know about a butt selfie, but definitely where you have your nutsack and face in the same picture. I feel like if I was in Thailand, I wouldn't be making it to any temples, though. I'd be way too busy getting it on with some chicks. With dicks. Yeah, this it this kind of sounds to me like, you know, maybe they were actually doing it with chicks with dicks at the famous Buddhist temple, and they, like, pled down to a butt selfie. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, please don't tell my wife that I was doing like, it. Like the embassy gets involved, <laughs> you know. To, I'm supposed to be here for a aluminum siding convention and if she finds out that I was doing it with chicks my life would be ruined just say that me and my friend were taking butt selfies by the temple have you guys ever seen that video of that dude and he's like a very very British dude who's like um, he's like live streaming his uh, his whole uh, story arc with a uh with a, uh, a girl boy uh, prostitute he picked up. An aluminum siding convention in Thailand. Your wife has to be so fucking dumb. <laughs> they even have aluminum siding in Thailand. Yeah. No, but they have aluminum siding conventions, man. My construction company picked me to go to the conference in Thailand. I'm representing the entire United States. <laughs> It's like the Olympics for aluminum siding. Trust me, honey. Read this email with no links. It explains everything. There's a whole group of us we met on the dark web. All right, Sid. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Where can we find you? Uh, Holler at me on the Twitter, uh, at the Sid Meister, on MTGO, at Sid Swami. Uh, Yeah. Thirst Trapping on Instagram, Swami the Mac, uh, shit, Adult Friend Finder, uh, Grinder. Yeah, where can we find you, Tim? The Aluminum Siding Convention sign-up sheet. <laughs> and John Holland, where, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on the Magic and Hash Facebook page. Uh, you can also find me uh, applying for a job at the White House because I hear they've got a lot of openings these days. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Brown, faded. Browned out, looking all shaded. Two months since I fought the lady. Young man, dick going crazy. 
Standards out of day. I'm about to get a cab and masturbate. Then I see a hot girl at back of Dave. Let me get your cat girl, no Hathaway. That's what I thought, not what I said to her. Instead, I walk up to her like I know you heard of the kid. You heard what I did. You heard of my shit, the murderous bitch. She like, nah, you're being weird. What are you talking about? I'm like, ah, pulling on my phone like a boss. YouTube about to get her off. But as I type the YOU, some porno pop up. I'm like, hold up, how, that's not even me. Like, I don't jerk off mobily. Then her friends coming up and want to know if everything is okay. I'm like, nah, that's a rape. You can't tell. Give me a break, please. Get the heck away. I turned to her. Let me buy you a drink. She like, fine. Told a man to Patron. She like, lime. Said he tried twice. The car got declined. I'm like, Art, is this a, is, could it be a machine issue? He was like, no. I was like, obviously there's something wrong. I got dough. Like, I'm not broke. I got donuts with the same car like about an hour ago. He like, dude, I don't know. Now I'm looking at the girl. She just want to go. And I ain't talking about with me, bro. I mean alone. I got one more chance to prove myself, so I'm like Look, I'm athletic, girl, I've gotten several rec league MVPs At my crib, I got some pizza plus a little bit of weed In my room, I got a TV plus I recently did sheets Girl, I even have a fridge that has the water on the door like with the crushed ice You know I don't give a damn what you're playing right now This is me coming at you as a man right now Let me free let me free, God damn it, let me free Just let me free, please God just let me free The girl from the first verse, somehow let me fuck Fast forward, seven months, we in love Some real serious relationship type shit Despite this, I ain't fucked for days Tried last night but was pushed away but I've been acting well behaved today I smell okay, Adele Pandora's playing Now she laying on the floor and I'm praying this bitch is horny I go and give her a smooch She kissing Dickie back so I play with her boobs Bad move, she don't like that Bad mood, her boss being mean to her Via email, she wanna write back I'm like right now, she like yeah What do I say, can you just help me? Oh, okay What's the context? And she like, well, he talks to Jane before coming to me. Who's Jane again? I said. She like, wow, you should know that. Okay, I guess I forgot. She like, dude, that's my other boss. Okay, true. So shouldn't your first boss go to the other boss before you, right? But Jane is a hands-on. She yell, okay, well, I just don't understand the dynamic then. I don't work with these people. She started crying. Wait, stop. What the fuck is this? Nah, you don't ever take my side. About an hour later till I'm on her good side. We in bed, hand on her good thighs. I try to kiss. She like, good. Good night, but I'm like, Look, I just turned off the departed for a movie about a bee. I've been cutting back on farting, tweeting, arguing, and weed. Yesterday I wore a cardigan at dinner with your sweet and supportive aunt during the fourth quarter of the Eagles. Now rewarded. You know I don't give a damn what you plan right now. This is me coming at you as a man right now. Let me free. Let me free, God damn it, let me free Just let me free, please God, just let me free Fast forward some more, June 16, 2074 Old OD looking old as fuck Still with the same hoe holding up And my life sucks, legs hurt Friends dead, real terse Would you shut up? Who the kids are on the street? Fuck My dick looking like a tinfoil her tits looking like they hard-boiled eggs On top of that, she insane Like I don't even think she knows who I am Our kids moved away, we been doing the same shit for days Maybe months, who knows Probably gonna die soon Pretty scared, I ain't even gonna lie to you Think about it all day, on my last legs But I'm going out with a bang I got pills they invented back in 57 I took five, that's a bit excessive I look high, take a look at my thighs And good God, that's a little erection It'll work though 
Now I gotta find the hoe. I'm pretty much blind at this point. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but I am. Made my way into the bedroom and there she is. I'm like, look, I don't know if you're aware that you've been throwing out my shoes. What I do know is I'm sick of doing nothing here with you. All my blood is in my dick. I'm probably dying pretty soon. Are you even comprehending what I'm saying? Please acknowledge that you hear me. You know I don't give a damn what you're playing right now. This is me. Coming at you as a man right now Let me free Let me free God damn it, let me free Just let me free Please God, just let me free